Christian Parenting. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Paradox. I'm Jimmy. And I am Josh. And because you and I are both by birth Dallas Cowboy fans. Mm -hmm. um, And friends. Yeah, we're friends and Cowboy fans. Because of that, we have a unique perspective on humility. (laughs) Because we have been forced to eat humble pie. For 20... Four years. See, a quarter of a century. And so we come to this title today from having lived it, really. But let's talk about the Cowboys for just a second. No, I don't want to. Out of their 50-year existence. It's more than 50. It's 60. Isn't it 69? I thought they started in the year 60. Oh, then it would be. Yeah, that'd be 60 years then. Because I was born in 59. Okay. They moved. They were from Washington, right? Or is that the Rangers? Rangers came from Washington, D.C. Correct. They were, well... They were Kansas City. The Dallas Texans moved to Kansas City. Yes. The Hunts. And then came from Kansas City. And then the Dallas Cowboys just were brand new, didn't come from any place. They filled the spot that the Dallas Texans left. Oh, so the Texans went to Kansas and City. Your and your Vicky saw Lamar Hunt in his underwear. Huh. Did she get any money out of that? Just a little thing. She was in the youth choir at First Baptist Church, Mm -hmm. and apparently so were the Hunt daughters or sons or whatever, and they had some big thing at their house. There it is. Hmm. Oh, I didn't even think she might could milk some money out of that. Yeah. Maybe she's got an image or something. (laughs) Anyway, out of 60 60 years that the Cowboys have been in existence, they've really only had— Two good decades. Mm-hmm. Four and really bad decades. Four bad yeah, decades. Yeah, but they're considered one of the best. I mean, yes. we have the second it most makes no sense. Super Bowls out of anybody. So we really capitalize on our good years. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot more futility than we'd yes. like to admit. Very similar to the horns. Everyone thinks they're blue blood. They, th- they have this reputation for being uh, the elite, and they're not. They always seem to screw it up. Which brings us back to humility. <laughs> We're talking about humility today. <laughs> We're talking about how do we raise humble kids in an unhumble society? Can you see? Is unhumble? Non-humble? Yeah. Humbleless? Um, humble. Um, humble. So, Isn't it a silent humble? I don't know. So profession. I mean, today, if you look at professional sports, social media, politics, everyone's just screaming, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. The sports just infuriates me. If someone makes a tackle, they jump up and they bow their chest out. And it's like, 
don't you just get paid to do that? Every time someone walks out of my counseling office, I'll go, yeah, rip my shirt. <laughs> what, do, you're just, isn't that what you're supposed to do? I figured who it was, but they said, when you make a touchdown, act like you've been there before. Wasn't that Emmett? But did Emmett say? I hope Emmett said yeah. that. God bless him. Or Roger. <laughs> so, so anyway, I mean, we live in this, you know, this world of self-aggrandizement. Which and is, entitlement. it is the American way. And I don't want to step on any toes here, and we don't have to go. I mean, this wasn't created out yesterday. I mean, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness capitalism like it's very individualistic culture me 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 so yeah i think that it, it wasn't this it wasn't internet or social media although that obviously made it, it worse it. Um, but i think that it's very american to fight for yourself that is your true. way of life but if you were raised like i was to as we've talked about before to to mimic john wayne rugged individualism you know silent and we've talked before about how John Wayne was like the worst ever. But there was not only is it do it yourself, but there's also, I think, involved in the Protestant work ethic. There's a there's a humility to that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the it, it's a yin and a yang. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there can be a good way to go about the rugged individualism, but potentially I can find nowhere lady. in scripture to actually justify the individualism. But that's another topic for another time. Yeah, I don't. I don't wow. think scripture supports our American way of life. Wow! Cancel paradox. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. So humility just stands in complete contrast. Whether we want to blame it on John or social media, <laughs> humility stands in direct contrast to where we are today. I mean, because humility, man, it, just think about humility. If if humility was dominant on social media or in sports or in politics, because humility allows for there to be honesty, like, oh, I might have done something wrong. Yeah. A curiosity of that's so interesting, your point of view. Just because you're a Democrat, I don't automatically reject it. I'm or, interested or in what you might have to say. An open mindedness. Humility allows us to change our opinions. No. And, and not be so, vilified for it. Yes. So the problem is, and and this is something that my daddy always used to say, if you have to toot your own horn, then your horn ain't worth tooting. Inevitably, the problem with just this hyper focus on on winning and success and popularity, inevitably someone has to lose in order for you to win. And if we're going to hyper focus on winning and being successful, then that is to put under other people under your feet. Uh, so it does set up this, you know, people have said about Bill Gates, he doesn't want to win. He wants to take the person in second place and just gut them and leave them dying on the, he doesn't just want to win. It's about annihilation of any and all competition. I loved it. Okay. I loved it when you played sports and you would tackle somebody and you could you could just absolutely declete them, and then you would help them up. I've always felt, okay, that's it. You play really, 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 really hard, but we are two human beings, and you express that when you play. So what about when you would hit them, and then you stepped on the guy's leg? Oh, that wasn't good at all. <laughs> 
Yeah, that wasn't good. Dad one time just <laughs> ripped into a guy with his cleats. That would have been awesome, though. And I thought no one saw. And apparently some people saw. So he had to go to the other person's locker room. Yes. And Think about this. This is what I love about team sports. I go up to our coach, Coach Clyde Evett. God bless him. And I said, Coach, I'm really sorry. And I didn't even finish until he said, yeah, you cleated that guy pretty good, didn't you? And I said, well, I just wanted to apologize. And he said, well, I'm not the one you should apologize to. And took me and walked me over to their locker room. Had me apologize to the superintendent, the principal, the coach, the players. And I am 60 and I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> so the, the problem is we, we just live in a culture and there are cultural norms that, that almost just snuff out any attempts at humility. So solution. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I mean, we're halfway in, and we have not said the reason why or the main problem why the absence of humility, why that is an issue, and that's because it's anti-Christ. The absence, I mean, Christ, Philippians 2, he humbled himself. If we're supposed to be Christ followers, humility should be at our core. And so subsequently, if we don't have humility, we are not great representations of Christ. Obviously, you missed it. When he came up out of the grave— and all the disciples met, and they had this coordinated end zone dance that they did when mm-hmm. he came triumphantly out of mm-hmm. the tomb. Mm-hmm. Other than that one example, he was pretty humble <laughs> for most of the time. But yes, humility is Christ-likeness. What's going on now with entitlement and self-aggrandizement, all of that is And, is I, and anti- I do want to say, I pick on the American culture, and there's a lot to pick on, but it is humanity. I mean, we are... We're obviously going to screw it up. It's humanity's fault that we lack humility. It's not the American idealisms, although that certainly perpetuates it. Original sin has something to do with it. So what we're shooting for, our goals need to be, you know, for our children, because we're talking really about how do we do this with our kids? How do we inject humility into them? And what we want is to teach them how to present their ideas and views modestly, teaching them how to share praise, how to share blame, to be able to, you know, even just think about the needs of other people. Because those are the things, not by the way, winning and success and popularity, those are the things, modesty and, uh, you know, sharing praise and blame, empathy, all those things have been shown empirically to increase a person's happiness, strengthen relationships, and achieve professional success. Well, it's just, it's allowing the other person to exist, yes. both in their opinions and their person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not cutting people off because they wronged you, uh, not allowing them to have that physical space, and it's also not yelling and screaming and name-calling when they have a different opinion. It's it's just allowing other people to exist side by side with you, that might have harmed or done something wrong and or had a wrong, according to you, opinion. Isn't it so odd that you even have to say things like that? Allow people to exist. Allow them to have a different point of view. And, by the way, the way we do that as parents is that we're, that is how we're teaching our kids to do this. If we parent with an eye on emotional responses and reactions, not just their behaviors, but bring up being humble. If you see your child mimic a professional athlete that's, you know, pounding their chest, oh gosh, how cute that is. But 
have a little teachable moment after the game about showing humility. So we want to be able to bring up humility. We want to bring be able to bring up sharing of praise. Uh, hey, that was a really good goal, but you know you didn't take it from the, f- the the other end all the way down all by yourself and defeat the entire other team all by it. No, you had other people that helped do that, which by the way, is one of the great things about team sports. Team sports really should be about teaching humility because, you know, other than tennis or golf or for the most, I mean, a team sport, it is about the the offensive lineman sacrificing so that the quarterback can throw, so that the guy can catch. It's it's nobody is a one man show, which theoretically ought to help in the humility category. But even, you know, within playing an instrument by yourself, it doesn't have to be a team sport and having respect for the instrument, that the instrument is very difficult to learn and that there's going to be a lot more failure than there is going to be success. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a team sport for us to teach this. It's it's the idea of accepting failure, mm-hmm. that you're going to fail more often than you're su- going to succeed. And if we can get to a place where we can accept the failure, there's true and genuine and pure humility that ensues. And therefore, we don't just get bent out of shape anytime we fail. Which is why putting an overemphasis on winning and success yep, and perfection and, yep. is such an issue. Because if if winning is the only thing to you, Dad... If being popular and how many likes a kid gets or how many people like or comment on something we put on social media, if that is so important to us, then we're really producing within ourselves an an emotional fragility that can't handle the reality of succeeding sometimes, failing sometimes. And And if we learn from the failures, that's what failures are for. And most coaches will tell you that you learn more from a defeat than you do from from a victory. It's just really hard to always have defeats. Like I just said, sometimes you're going to fail, sometimes you're going to win. The softball team I coach <laughs> is never going to win. It's just always <laughs> no, they're not. failing. I don't know. I mean, you could book something with the, the blind school for yep. toddlers. So we play this sweet little league, town and country. And I don't think that they had a lot of enrollees this fall because of COVID. So we were only, the league was only able to field two teams. And first of all, softball, baseball, that's more of a spring sport. Mm -hmm. So fall ball, like Mm -hmm. you're very serious anyway, those that are playing. And so since Mm -hmm. town and country could not be so incredibly self-contained and only play each other, we couldn't play just one other team for 12 games. We're playing like fall ball travel teams. So we're, we're, and then we ourselves are traveling. So we're going to Georgetown and Liberty Hill and Bertram. And it's just sweet little innocent girls that are, do not understand the game at all. And we are getting creamed. I I just want to pause on the concept of seven year old travel teams. All right. No, we don't have to go there, though. No, we don't. All right. So we are practicing (laughs) humility. I love this. Unless as parents, we're going to, you know, not just focus on behavior, but we're going to talk about humility and we're going to talk about empathy and we're going to fold that in to, to those teachable moments that we have with our kids. Because if we don't, then we've just left our kids with nothing but peers and culture to have that influence and to be able to teach them those things. So it all comes down to modeling more than any, because we can talk about humility and the need for that in our children, 
unless they see us be the exact opposite when it comes to sports or politics or whatever. So model a, a lack of defensiveness, because I think defensiveness is another thing that's just the, the exact opposite of humility. If someone has a problem with something that I did and my automatic response is to defend it as though the concept of me doing something wrong or making it, that is not even conceivable. Therefore, if I'm criticized, I'm going to defend myself. So we have to model a lack of defensiveness. We need to point out and praise when we see our kids not being defensive. Instead of trying to explain or excuse what they did, they just accept responsibility for it. Bam, point that out. Boy, that is, that's a trait that we want to really, really foster in our kids. Back to the modeling, probably the best place or relationship where you can model it, yes, on Facebook and when watching the TV or having a disagreement at work, but marital oneness mm. is probably the best way for you to, mar if you're married, uh, model uh, humility is towards your spouse because your kids uh, will pick up on all the nonverbal cues. And if there's a lack of humility and if there's intense defensiveness and if there's competition in your marriage, your kids are picking up on that. And so probably the best relationship to model humility to your kids is is through your marriage. And yeah, and I would take this moment to once again push Gary Thomas's book, Sacred Marriage, when you know basically he's saying maybe the purpose of marriage is not our happiness, but our holiness. And about how marriage really is this crucible to teach us about our faith and and who who God created us to be. So then, lastly, we got to define and stress and model and teach empathy because once again, empathy is also sort of the opposite of a lack of humility in this self-aggrandizement. So empathy again, we've done shows on empathy before, but as a refresher, it's being able to see through someone else's eyes to see and understand their perspective. Empathy is not to agree with their perspective. It's to understand where that perspective came from. Again, I'm about as anti-abortion as they come, but some 16 year old girl has an abortion. I go, okay. Really, really, really bad choice. Really, really, really horrific choice. But do I get where she came from? I would have to be almost non-human not to understand where she came from. I don't agree with it, but I can see how she got there uh, as, as a 16-year-old. So being able to model compassion for others and empathy is, is, is crucial. You know, one other area I think that we breed... Uh, mm, humbleness, mm -hmm. that's how we're saying it, right, mm -hmm. is academically. I think that we as parents can put so much pressure on our kids to perform. We're building a college resume at kindergarten to get into the perfect schools and then how much we puff up our chest when our kids get into that school. And we can have competition and we can even have joy and pride, but we have to have humility in our kids' academics, and we don't. We need to be careful not to only praise them when they do well in school. I, I know that a lot of times, especially in high school, if our kids struggling, all of our conversations turn into school, and they're all negative with our kids. And I think that there can be, there can be this nonverbal message to our kids that you have to be perfect academically. And I think that that plays into the um humbleness. 
mm-hmm. with our kids. Um, so we've we've highlighted a lot today sports, mm-hmm. but I think it happens academically a lot with parents. Oh, without question, which is why we devoted an entire chapter of the book that I wrote with George Barna, Fearless Parenting, Raising Faithful Kids in a Faithless Culture, Secular Culture, I forget. Talk about that whole thing, that academics in some ways is worse because every kid's involved in academics, but not every kid is going to be involved in sports and how the parents push it, push it, push it, push it, push it. And research study after research study has shown that success in school does not necessarily equate to success after school, that there is a lot more involved than simply getting good grades when it comes to the success of someone, you know, later in life. I'm glad research supports what I always told myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh, just because you have to work hard for your 78s mm-hmm. does not mean you will be unsuccessful. Exactly. <laughs> Humility, model it, model it, model it, model it, model it. If you want more information about this episode or anything previous, it's paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find us on our socials there. You can also always go to christianparenting.org slash paradox and find us on our podcasting network website as well. Hope you have a great day. See ya. For more information about the voice of the Paradox Podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. <laughs>